0: Everyone, my name is Josh Scroggins. I pastor New Beginnings Family. Just wanted to say thank you for joining our podcast and welcome. We hope the following message will be encouraging, will inspire you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support our ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.nbfamily.net. And as always, for all you do to support us, thank you. God bless you and enjoy the message. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining me. Um, I hope you are getting ready for Christmas and you're getting excited about it. You know, if you're a kid, you are making and turning in your wish list right now and you are doing your best to be extra good. One of the things I noticed as a children's pastor, as a youth pastor, was right around end of November coming into December, kids got really well behaved. It was kind of amazing. And uh, I had no doubt in my mind that it was related to Christmas coming up. You know, some of us uh, can probably think back to one or two, hopefully all of us can think back to at least a couple of gifts that we got as kids that were memorable. Uh, In fact, some of them, uh, some people, like my wife got a Christmas gift they will never forget, like an engagement ring. Or in, in our case, it was the promise of one. Our capitalism culture has produced a lot of good in this world, but it's also produced some bad as well. And one of the side effects of a capitalism culture is an increase in materialism. Uh, It causes Christmas to become one about buying and selling, about getting gifts and giving them, about this incredible Black Friday deal, even though you got to maybe trample over someone in front of you to get it. And yet our culture has put this huge focus on gifts. Have you ever gotten a bad one? have you ever gotten a bad gift? You know, we probably all have gotten a gift or two that we absolutely didn't want, didn't need, didn't even like. And we had to just kind of smiley smile and politely accept it. And meanwhile, thinking about how we can maybe exchange it for something else later. I mean, do we really want to keep something around we don't want or need when we could have something else? Or do we hold on to it because you're afraid that person is going to see it later and wonder where it went? Um, you know, that, that kind of a thing. Well, if you've ever gotten a bad gift, then uh, you'll understand the importance of getting a good gift, right? Of of uh, getting things that you really need. If you're like me, then you try to help people out. I can be difficult to buy for, and the reason is is because usually if I if I want something, I just I buy it. If I need something, I I usually get it. <clears throat> and so what I what I used to do a few years back, anyway, I, I made a list to try to save things. Um, that I found maybe I wanted to get later, but I didn't have the extra money to get at that moment. Or I thought, you know, it'd be nice to get, but it's, it's maybe it's a little bit more than I would want to spend on myself. And so I kind of made a list <clears throat> and that way, if I, if I got some extra money, maybe it would birthday came up or somebody, you know, passed appreciation or somebody just wanted to, to give me a, a gift or, you know, tax refunds or whatever, uh, I had some extra money. Then I'd go back to this list and I'd see what was on sale, maybe try to find some stuff. It gave me some ideas. Um, Well, now I actually share that list with others who want to know, what do you get for Christmas? Uh, What do you want for Christmas? So I just, I have this list. I had made it for myself, but I started just sharing it and at least kind of give people some, maybe some ideas. And maybe you don't do that. Maybe you do. But I'll, I'll say it this way. Gifts are fun to get. Cash gift cards, they're always great. But Christmas is about something so much more than that. This time of year, we celebrate the ultimate gift that was ever given. And so in this series that we're going to start, it's gonna run through Christmas and we're calling it The Gifts You Really Need. For the next four episodes, we're dealing with this, this concept and we're going to be looking at Christmas. Each of these gifts are ones that are connected to the ultimate gift of Christmas and that is Jesus. These gifts are hope, peace, love, and joy. And in this episode, we are talking about hope. Romans eight twenty four to 25, it says, For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, through perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. You know, the dictionary defines hope as the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. In other words, hope can only exist at a time where what is wanted is not yet had, or when events have not yet turned out for the best. This last Thursday morning around 3 a.m., God woke me up and began speaking to me about our church, uh, speaking to me about our, our family, about my life, about my son, and, and, and just a lot of, lot of stuff. But he also spoke a simple sentence to me, That is the big thought for this message. And I quickly typed it in my phone so I wouldn't forget it. Here's what it is. Hope is most readily experienced when it is most desperately needed. I want to say that again because I want to make sure you get it. Hope is most readily experienced when it is most desperately needed. In this series, I'm going to contrast what it is that we find in this world with the gifts that Christmas offers us, particularly those that the Christ in Christmas offers us. We're going to explore four gifts that God offers us and the areas of need that those gifts were meant to address. Today, in this episode, we deal with hope. The areas of need that it was meant to address are regret and surrender. Now, regret is over focusing on the past and surrender is the belief that your present is guaranteed to be your future and giving up. Hope is about shifting your focus to the future and what can be possible. In other words, hope is about taking your focus off of your past, off of your present and moving it into what the future can be. So let's uh, dive into these two areas of need and how the event of Christmas offers hope to meet those needs in those two areas. Let me ask you this question. When you think about hope when you think about that word, what image comes to mind? To me, it's a light at the end of a long, dark tunnel. It's the image of someone who has been in the dark a long time, seeing that there's a light at the end and that the darkness they are in will not last forever. This is the image actually used by the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 9, 1-7, it says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled, and there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. You will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. (laughs) The boots of the warrior, the uniforms, bloodstained by war, will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. And then here's the part you might recognize. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end, and he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David, for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. This uh, this book was written about 700 years before Jesus was ever born. The people had turned away from God and Isaiah had just pronounced that they were going to face judgment as a result, but he also offered them hope. There was coming a time where darkness would be replaced by light. They were going to be punished. They were going to deal with judgment as a result of them abandoning God and turning away from him. Their nation was going to go through a period of darkness, but he didn't leave them with that message. He let them know that there is a time coming where the darkness will end and it will be replaced by light. There was coming a Messiah who would make things right and deliver them for good. This was the hope of Christmas being spoken of 700 years before it ever happened. This hope was to address two areas of need. First, the people were going to be punished. They had turned away from God. That means that there would be a time where they were looking back at their past mistakes with regret. Second, there would be a period of darkness. In fact, after the final book of the Old Testament was finished, There would be a period of 400 years before God would speak to anyone again, whether through prophet or through angels. 400 years of silence. This area refers to surrender. It was a period of time where people would be tempted to believe that God was done speaking to them again forever and to uh, to give up looking forward to hearing his voice ever again. Because both of these things were going to happen, God has Isaiah give the people hope, something to look forward to. He says, there is a time coming where this will end. I don't want you to get stuck in the present into thinking that just because it has been silent for a while, just because you're regretting what you did in the past that that led to this punishment, this judgment, just because you are in a present where there is silence. I don't want you to get stuck in it and to believe this is the way it will always be. And so I'm telling you now that there is a time coming where the silence will end, where the darkness will be replaced by light. A Messiah is coming. And so let's talk about these two areas, okay? The first one is regret. Now, I, I want to give you kind of a, a Pastor Josh definition of this. Um, this is particularly going to be just kind of, when I say regret, In the context of this message, of this episode, here's what I mean. Regret is about looking towards the past and doing one of two things or both. It's looking towards the past and number one, trying to live there. Or number two, bringing it into your present. It's either trying to go back and live there or trying to bring it into your present. This is an attitude that's pushed really hard in our culture right now when someone tries to make you feel guilty about something that your ancestors did years and years and years ago before you were born, before your parents were born, before your grandparents were born. It's something that your uh, people just did all all way back when and they want to make you feel super guilty about it. Uh, Or when someone tries to make you feel guilty about your parents' choices or when they try to make you feel guilty about the ignorance of your youth or when someone tries to make you feel guilty about things you've already repented of or when you try to make yourself feel guilty for any of these things. That is what I'm talking about. That is regret. Right now, our culture is all about this, right? I'm tearing down statues, trying to rewrite history books, even rewriting works of fiction, including Dr. Seuss. And no, I'm not kidding about that. Where does this desire come from to try to change the past, to try to live in the past or bring it into the present and change it to try to rewrite history? Where does this desire come from? It comes from a place of deep pain, regret over the past, and I think it's safe to say that each of us has things in our lives that we would look back on in our past with regret. That we would look and say we we wish we could have done things better, we wish we could have said things better, we wish we could have made better choices, or that we could have, uh, you know, not not done this, or you know, there's there's things in our past that can can be regretted and and as a culture we do that as as individuals we do that regret causes a person to hyperfixate on the past and particularly what we hyper fixate on are the things that cause pain and when you hyperfixate on these things you have a desire to change them even though we know logically we can't it's in the past it's already happened there's nothing we can do about it but we don't want to feel helpless we don't want to feel like we're helpless. And so even though we are helpless to change the past, we want to feel like we have some control. And so we try to change things in the present as if it can change the past. We, we try to change the past by doing things in the present. And yes, we know it's foolishness. So why do we do it? Well, because a person who's consumed with regret of the past, will do anything to convince themselves that by removing the reminders of the past that they can escape it. That's a lie. In fact, it's the opposite that's true. The past is not changeable. And when we try to remove reminders of it, we forget about history. And when we do that, we'll repeat it. There's there's a very famous quote. And it has proven true again and again is those who do not learn from the past are destined to repeat it. The best thing we can do is to leave reminders there so that we don't make the same mistakes again. It, this is true socially. I mean, we definitely are seeing that in our country right now, trying to just erase the past completely, any reminders of it, to try to change things and rewrite and because the past has painful things in it that we want to not remember because they're painful. That is true socially, but it's also true personally. People do this on an individual basis, too. When a person hyperfixates on their past, they can find themselves consumed with Regret, regret over choices they made, regret over choices they didn't make, regret over how they spent their time, regret about, um, about sin in general. When a person hyperfixates on their past, it can cause them to believe that doing something in the present can somehow change their past they distance themselves from talking about painful subjects. They bury painful memories. They edit their life so that they don't remember what happened, but the wounds remain and they fester and eventually they cause massive amounts of pain later. People try to just bury these things. They don't deal with them. And then what happens is, is they fester and they get worse and worse and worse and they cause traumatic pain later in life. And I've had this happen to me. I have been there where I haven't dealt with things and then it just exploded. And what happens oftentimes is when it just comes out, because it will eventually come out. It's the people closest to you that are caught in the backlash. And we end up hurting the people that we love the most. We end up saying things that we don't mean because we are so we are so full of something that we haven't dealt with and it just comes out all over them and they become unfortunately the one that just this this massive amount of pain is just unleashed on whether or not it's even about them if a person instead of hyperfixating on their past would hyperfixate on Jesus then Jesus would give that person the gift of hope See, hope moves our focus from our past to our future and towards what is possible. Look, we're we're not to forget our past, but we're not to live there either. Hope changes everything by helping us realize that our past hurt will not be our future. And we can believe that what we have done, what we have been through, what we have experienced, what we have felt, all of these, these past things we're not for nothing and that God has a purpose. Now we've said it a lot that God doesn't cause all things, but God does use all things. You have probably been through many hurts in your life and the older you are, the more hurts you've probably been through. God doesn't waste those. Those weren't for nothing. It doesn't mean that God caused it, Sometimes the hurts that we deal with are because other people just abuse their free will. Sometimes the hurts we deal with are because we abused our free will. We made decisions, we made choices, and now we're dealing with consequences. And, 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 and it's not that that God caused that, but God won't waste it. It won't be for nothing. God will make sure there's a purpose behind it. And the main thing is, is that we understand that we have to shift our focus from the things that have happened in the past. And we need to be focused on what it is that God can do in the future. That's what hope is all about. And so hope is meant to address the, the need that we have in the area of our regrets, but it's also meant to address another area of need. And that need is surrender. If regret is about looking toward the past, Surrender is about looking at your present and being discouraged with what's happening and believing it's always going to be like this and giving up on ever getting out of the darkness and to the other side. Surrender is all about believing that where you are at right now is only the place you will ever be. That is a lie. Every day in our country, kids are being told they will only be able to go so far in life because of the color of their skin, their skin, Because of their gender, because of their family situation or any other numerous things, people in this world every day from a very young age, as they are kids, they're getting the hope sucked right out of them from the time they can talk. They're being told that because of the way they look, because of their gender, because of their uh, uh, mental abilities, right, or because of whatever their family situation, because of their uh, their wealth or their status or their skin color or their uh, their nationality or what language they speak or fill in the blank because of blank you will only ever be blank. That's a lie. That is absolutely a lie those same lies are being told to drug addicts, to prisoners, to homeless, to drunks, any other number of people. This world will do everything it can to convince you that what you see in your life right now is all that you will ever see. The devil is a liar, and this is one of his most potent lies. He will do anything and everything he can to keep you in the dark so that you cannot see the light. It's a lie of the devil to believe that the situation you are in right now will always be the situation you are in. That is a lie. The gift of hope helps us to understand that the situation we are in right now can and will change. The devil is a liar. He will do everything he can to keep you in the dark. 2 Corinthians 4.4, it says, in those who In whose case the God of this world, that's the devil, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so they will not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The devil's lies are the darkness. Hope points us beyond the darkness to the light that is ahead of us. But you can only see the light ahead of you when you're not looking back. Behind you, and you're not looking down at your feet where you're standing right now. You have to look up and look forward. Hope points us to the light ahead of us, to the time when this season, this one here that we are in right now, this season will end, and to the time that we will get to experience the goodness of God. Have you been stuck in your past? Have you been so beaten down by your current circumstances that you feel like giving up? Do you feel like believing the lie that things will just always be like this? They can never get better. I would point you to Christ as the source of your hope. I would point you to Jesus and say, don't be just looking at what has happened in your past. And don't just look at what is happening now. I mean, be aware of those things. But you have to put your focus on what's ahead of you. I mean, if you're walking, we we all have taken a walk before, right? Have you ever taken a walk? You get out and you you begin to walk. Where do you look? How well do you think it would go if the walk that you took the entire time you were walking, that you were looking behind you? How well do you think that would work? You're going to run into something, right? What if the only place you looked was down at your feet and you only were looking at where you were at in that moment? You would cause yourself a lot of problems, wouldn't you? You would run into something. You would miss a lot. When you take a walk, you know you have to look up and look where you are going. I would encourage you to do the same thing in your life. To to look up, to focus not on where you've been and not on where you are, but where you're going. Jesus is the source of hope. Because it is only in Jesus that wherever we are at can become better. He is the light shining in the middle of the darkness. He is the one showing you the way forward so you can leave your past and your present circumstances behind you. Jesus is the one offering you a better Tomorrow, Romans eight eighteen, it says, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. Whatever it is that you're dealing with right now, there is something better coming. The best is yet to come. The hope of Christmas is that tomorrow is going to be better is that the next season is going to be better. The hope of Christmas is that Jesus Christ came to set you free and to be free from regret and free from surrender and despair. Is to place your hope in him and to trust that where he is leading you is gonna be better than where you're at now. And he's trustworthy. So I would encourage you, put your trust in Jesus. Take time and and just say this prayer and and just, just say, Jesus, I give you my hope. I place my trust in you. I am looking forward to where you are taking me. I give you my life. Direct my steps. I trust you to take me into a new season. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing day, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us at New Beginnings Family. We appreciate you listening and hope that the message was encouraging, inspiring, challenging, that ultimately it brings you closer to Jesus Christ. If you have any questions for us or would like to get a hold of us, you can reach out to us at www.nbfamily.net. Thank you so much. We love you. Have an amazing day. And thank you for all your support. We'll see you next time.